It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance markets, startups. That list seems to be getting awfully long. 29th of July. I'm Nadine Blaney. Scuddy, what do you think? We cover plenty in a day, don't we? We do. It's always an enjoyable experience because it's, you know, what come around the corner. (laughs) uh, Look, we had a bit of a calming around the region in terms of uh, markets in China and in Hong Kong, looking a little calmer after all of the yeah, the selling earlier in the week on all of the regulatory concerns going on there. So that is one thing that we can check. So we saw a rise in Asian stocks. And then let's bring it home. The S&P ASX 200 was up by half a percent or 38 points. That's a solid performance. Yeah, and uh, really helped by the tech names, which is not really surprising given what we saw out of China and other parts of Asia with the tech names. Uh, and also iron ore miners just continued to go in uh, cash cows as demonstrated by Fortescue's quarterly update. Fortescue's quarterly update, and of course, still digesting Rio and its massive dividends being uh, paid out. Lots of conversation on the pr- platform today about whether or not this is the high watermark for the iron ore miners. You know, how long can can these prices remain sustained? I spoke with Matthew Hodge from Morningstar a little bit earlier on, and he said, "Look, I've got this one wrong up until now, but he's still not buying." Yeah, I'm. Uh, I made my views very clear. I don't think there's uh, much more upside. If there is any more upside from where we've seen in I the mean, iron ore price, yeah, I think it's downside. There's uh, there's there's a there's a pairs trade to be had here because there are other commodities out there. We speak about them all the time. I'm not going to go and mention specific names, but uh, a lot of people know what uh, what I'm talking about. Um, I'll be going and looking to recycle some of those really, really excessively expensive iron ore names into some of those other companies. Okay, so that interview with Matthew Hodge is up online. Jonathan Barrett from Celsius Pro, that interview is online as well. Look, He'll be he, bullish. He'll he be was bullish, bullish. yes. Yeah, yeah so I, I brought a chart in showing um, the forecasts uh, for prices, not just of iron ore, but for commodities in general to come off through the second half. And he didn't just—he dis- didn't agree. And he, he said that there's a couple X factors out there, uh, one of which is the Delta variant, which could dramatically impact supply in some of these areas. Anyways, you've got to listen to all of the different opinions to figure out what side you're on. We had Rio Tinto as the stock of the day today. So let's find out what uh, our expert guests thought of this stock of the day. John Milroy, who joined us from Ord Minette, and also Carl Capulinga, who's got mining in his blood over there in Perth. (laughs) See what he had to say about Rio. Key to unlocking um, the the, the Rio, Tinto, BHP, Fortescue conundrum is is obviously iron ore prices and what they're going to do. I'm, I'm... a believer that iron ore prices will stay higher than what they're expecting. I mean, I think it could get back into the into the low to mid 100s, but uh, I'm going to retain that buy that I have today. I still think you can buy it. And I don't think you can go past this 12% dividend yield. I know there's some specials in there, but why can't they continue to sort of um, lob yeah. in a couple of specials every now and then as well? So no, it's, it's still a, a hold if you've got it, and I'd, I'd still be buying it as a, as a core portfolio holding if you don't. 
very impressive. Um, you know, we've obviously been tracking the iron ore price for the last six months or so, and that's been borne out. This, this result for them as well. Um, you know, they're, they're right to warn that it, it may not last, but for the moment, I think you enjoy the ride as a shareholder, and um, the share price today reflects uh, that sort of positive sentiment. It's actually a buy for us still, David. Um, so $165 price target. You know, that'll be under review again today after this this result. But um, you know, I think if you're an existing shareholder, I think you'd be happy to average up here and um, you know, take some of those extra dividends while they're on offer. And that is a buy. So, Scuddy, this is what makes the market, though, right? Matty Hodge and myself will be selling into you. Yeah, all right. Well, so that is Rio Tinto. It is, that means, going in the Ausbiz portfolio. So, there you go. Uh, you wrote in the view, just getting it back to my original point about a little bit of a calming uh, around all this negative sentiment around China and Chinese markets because of the crackdown going on there by the Chinese authorities. And it's not just tech companies as in U.S. focused or you know companies that have U.S. ADRs. It's also online tech companies. It's property. It is uh, part of a strategy on behalf of the Chinese authorities. I've been told they are willing to sacrifice some of these listed entities to achieve some of their greater goals, which uh, a lot of it comes down to social cohesion. So what do you think about the investability of Chinese equities right now? Well, we're learning that uh, the rules can change in a blink of an eye. And as an investor, for all the promise that China offers, and we can all see it out there, particularly the consumer side of the equation, it is just too risky. The side that we saw today, in the last uh, last few days, we had a big bounce today, of course, uh, which reflects some national team buying and also some liquidity injections from the PBOC to calm things down. That is the place uh, no, that you generally see after some pretty, uh, pretty acute falls. But the die has been cast. And what's happened uh, the last uh, last few weeks, uh, part of an ongoing story, China is clearly becoming more insular as a nation. Uh, that, to me, makes it a massive risk as an investment place at this time uh, under the current leadership of Xi Jinping. So, uh, look, I think everyone's probably looking around for diversification. Businesses here in Australia looking for diversification. Investors, I think, should be doing the same. It's not to say entirely to go and uh, go completely out of China, but uh, you have to be very aware that uh, when you're dealing with the, uh, the Communist Party, uh, things can change very quickly and uh, your capital will be erased very quickly as well. All right. Your view is in the COB newsletter. You can sign up for that just via the website. Now, uh, it brings me to reporting season. All roads for me lead back to reporting season. As you know, Scuddy, he's rolling his eyes at me right no, now. No, I heard you on air this morning <laughs> where you said, oh, I'm so excited for it. I'm like, oh, that's okay, great. Yeah, well, I am. But it'll be interesting to see what some of these Australian companies with exposure to China have to say about the situation there. I'll be reading it with much interest. I had, a, I had a chat with Carl Simich from uh, Sanfire Resources, yeah. and he went and cast us a bit of an opinion about uh, about China, and uh, you know, gave his views about you know, what he thinks is going on in the economy there, and of course the geopolitical tensions between uh, themselves and us here in Australia. And uh, he did point out that uh, it's all fine and dandy, and when it comes to iron ore, just uh, very targeting of select uh, commodities. Of course, uh, you know, com uh, copper is being one of those, and uh, Sanfire, of course, a big copper producer here. Yeah, right. So that uh, interview is accessible now via the show notes. You can. See, I'm not the only one that is excited about reporting season. It took me a while to get it out of him, but Dan Bosher from Perennial, he says, when it comes to dividends this reporting season, the excitement is real. You know, we had a good chat about those eye-watering payouts coming from Rio Tinto, what we can expect coming from the likes of BHP and the banks as well. So it was a good conversation. You can listen to that via the show notes. Did he say anything about... Uh 
capex, no anything because that's where the big question mark. No, will we get big payouts and will we get no a balancing act where there's actually some reinvestment back in the business because we know here in Australia, give me the dividends, give it to me now. It's like no, give it to me. I know. Well, we you know the miners diversifying and getting into other minerals and just the the checkered history that some of these miners have in that regard um, and that's a lot of the time why Australian investors would rather just be paid out by these mining companies yes. but at the same time they can't just stick with some of these um, well old school I mean I know iron ore it's the demand for it's not going to disappear but they do want to get into you know lithium and nickel and all of those more uh, forward-thinking greener yeah you can call them that they're all um, the metals. sexy parts of the market though it's kind of you, you, you wonder like geez iron ore has been really strong for such a long period of time like I'm talking like, we're going back two years it's like why didn't it happen like a year ago or like you know, 18 months ago but no no yeah Hindsight. Things do go in waves, don't they? Um, so there's a couple other great interviews that you can access via the show notes. Uh, we've got Claude Walker. So if you're into growth, that's that. Bogdan, Marcus Bogdan from Blackmore Capital talks to us about some of his um, strategies right now as we continue to deal with lockdowns here in New South Wales. I don't know about you, Scotty. With today's case count, unless we change the conversation around learning to live with COVID and accepting some cases in the community, I, I can't see us coming out of lockdown in four weeks. Gee, it's only like me. Um, no, that's realistic. And I said from day dot when I, when the cases started going to escalate uh, and it was clear that the uh, restrictions weren't making any difference. I unfortunately believe that the uh, the time that we go and open up is when we have a sufficient amount of the uh, the populace vaccinated. That's when I think it's going to actually take uh, place. Well, we had, I was we, a little more optimistic to start, but I've been saying for months, as you know, uh, we just have to start this conversation about what what hang, what a COVID world looks like. Hanging out with me too much. Uh, it's <laughs> look, it's it's going to be. We're seeing what's going around the world. Uh, I was watching the UK uh, Dizzy Rascal uh, concert. It was like going off. The crowd was going off, and just to polar opposites the way that uh, the UK has handled it. I'm not saying they've done it the right way, but certainly they're vaccinated now and getting on with life. And I wonder whether we'll actually get back to that point. It's going to be a really interesting dichotomy because we're going to have New South Wales, who is going to be living with the virus and uh, and largely part vaccinated. And then what are the other states going to go and do? Will they be willing to go and accept uh, that there's going to be virus in the community? I'm still not certain. WA? You see that. You think? Yeah. Queensland? Well, you think about some of the stuff. Like I know that they're talking a big game now. Oh, we'll go and reopen up and everything else. This is probably something I'll write in a view next week. But that's my big fear, that uh, we'll have these rolling lockdowns regardless of what vaccination levels are. All right. There is not really any economic data of note. Well, nothing you'd want to write home about uh, coming up in... Uh, what are so you looking at? Second quarter uh, US GDP. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about here tomorrow. Oh, but oh. yes, yes, tonight. Let's just get to the second the quarter good stuff, the good stuff. US GDP. All right. So what are you expecting? Oh, I've been acceleration on the uh, the first quarter. We know that's probably going to be the, uh, the the peak and the momentum. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm paying far more closer attention to what's going on uh, with the labour market data at the moment rather than GDP, which, of course, is, uh, is pretty backward looking. Well, we do get jobless claims out of the US tonight, and they did rise unexpectedly last week. Uh, look, we are looking for that advanced 2Q read, to your point. Westpac, for one, is expecting uh, it to expand by 9% on an annualised basis in the second quarter. We did see the economy improving materially through the data 
we're seeing the vaccine take effect there. And we've got confidence amongst household and businesses strengthening. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to be chewing the fat over tomorrow morning, yeah. first thing. And the Fed will be, of course, they're supporting everyone uh, with that uh, asset purchases, which don't seem to be going away anytime soon. Yeah. Jerome Powell, uh, we're looking at you. We're looking at Jackson Hole now, too. Uh, next week, it gets a bit interesting here because we've got the Reserve Bank board meeting on Tuesday. These are coming, I think I'm just old now because they come around so fast. And of course, we'll be looking for commentary around lockdowns and any hint that perhaps tapering could be uh, delayed because that seems to be market consensus now. Um, although I, I, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still not thinking that uh, we're going to see rate hikes, uh, uh. you know, much before... Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of 2024 as expected. Yeah, like I, I've written about it in the past, and I think that uh, the RBA is going to be ultra cautious, and uh, the commentary suggests so. Some people are a little bit more hawkish than uh, than what uh, what that view is, but that's fair enough. But you're right; uh, they want to go and see inflation really start to go and pick up and be sustainable in that uh, that uh, range, the two to three percent target. And the way things are at the moment, we're going to be delayed. Yes, economic growth is going to be very strong. Uh, next year when we hopefully come out of this. Of course, we don't have that certainty about the border policy yet. Uh, but you put that together, we'll go and eat a lot of the excess capacity uh, that exists away. But it's still going to take a long, long time, you'd imagine, to go and get that inflation rate up. It has taken so much to go and get it to where it is now, and it's still not even in the target. Well, speaking of time going fast, it's already non-farm payroll day next Friday. Friday, August 6th. Yeah, so. that's that's huge. Yeah. And then you, t- you touch upon uh, what's going on with Jackson Hole as well. The Fed's going to get two non-farm payroll reports. If we get some pretty nice numbers there, hopefully a decline in the unemployment rate accompanied by an increase in big participation and hiring. We've got a couple of months like that, and it's a big if, but if we do that, I reckon it's time to go and start the other tapering process because, uh, as I wrote yesterday, uh, the longer it un- takes this to go and unwind this stimulus, the greater the chance that they will never get out. And then how are you going to go and stimulate? Uh, it'll come back to the government to go and do that through fiscal. All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves now. Let's just run through some of the performers today. Airtasker rose 6% after releasing a quarterly activities report for the market. To the market, I should say. I could actually say we'll be talking about Airtasker tomorrow on the call uh, between 12 and 1 p.m. if you want to listen into that one. But the best performer on the 200 was Iris. It has launched a share buyback as it uh, continues to fend off an offer that's been putting on the table by private equity. So that share rising shares in iris rising about 13 percent today polynovo did really well uh we saw degray mining doing well as well as regis resources on the back of a quarterly to the flip side though on this market today just in case you missed it we saw resolute mining getting hit hard in the wake of its quarterly production report you uh stockland um did particularly poorly and uh spark infrastructure after seeing an improved bid yesterday did get give back some of those gains today i'll give you an exciting uh, no sort of tidbit about i know because we know that you love co- corporate activity and uh, i was just looking at a chart the, uh, the other night and uh, we talk a lot about M&A activity at the moment on the program, and it seems like there's a lot taking place. But I'm looking at where the current cycle sits relative to those in previous Sono cycles, and it's barely an uptick at the moment. So it can go and get a lot larger and a lot more breadth when it comes to our corporate activity. And when you throw into the mix that uh, interest rates are just going to be rock bottom for such a period of time, the Dean Blaney is going to be pretty excited <laughs> on the program for a while yet. I'm pretty fun at parties, really. I am. All right, Scotty, have a good night. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it all tomorrow.